Hello, Parkview. How we doing? Good? Good to see everybody today. Good to see everybody around here at Orland. Uh, good to see everybody, New Linux. You're out there, Homer Glenn. Uh, welcome to everybody on those campuses. Welcome everybody online as well. Uh, it's going to be a good time together today. Already has been as we've been able to uh, lift up our hearts and voices in prayer and also in worship. And uh, today we are continuing on with a series we've been in the last couple of weeks called Unbelievable. And I really love what Pastor Tim did last weekend. Uh, he said, you know, in this series what we're doing is we are uh, wanting to take a fresh look at the unbelievable Jesus. And then we want to take the un out. We want to take the un out and we just want to spend time looking at the very compelling, fantastic, real Jesus. And so that's what we're doing leading us up to Easter here. We are using uh, the TV series uh, called The Chosen that talks about Jesus and some of his first followers. And we're kind of bouncing off of that some so that we can see Jesus and those first century followers of Jesus in a new, very believable way. So that's where we're going to continue to head today. And to get us all headed in the same direction, let me ask you this. Just answer this in your head, not out loud, just for yourself, not for your neighbor who you came with. If you could change one thing about you, one thing about like your body, not just your life, but one thing about your body, how you're presented, what would it be? One thing about you, not, not your neighbor, don't be, you know, saying, hey, I'd change your, no, that's not out of bounds, okay? So that, that, that's not what we're talking about right now, okay? Just for you, maybe you'd say, you know, it'd be my nose, I'd change my nose because it's kind of small, I've always thought it's small, or uh, my ears, my ears are so big, I'd change my ears because they're so big, or maybe you'd say, I'd, I'd change my mouth, you know, I'd change my mouth because my mouth is always getting me in trouble, and so I'd probably want to change that. Some of you may say, well, I'd change my hairline uh, because I don't, I don't have a hairline anymore, it, it, it's, it's, I would add back a hairline if, if I could do that, and there's probably all kinds of things, if you and I were just having coffee talking together, that you would say, yeah, I'd probably, probably change this. And, and here's what I say. Even though there are parts of you, parts of your body, that bother you a little bit, you still need them, right? I mean, even if you feel like your ears are big, you still want to keep them because you need to hear things. And even if you feel like your mouth gets you into trouble a lot, you, you got to keep it because you need to eat things, you need to taste and that sort of thing. And here's what I want to do right as we jump into this time of study today. I want to help us realize there's a very interesting parallel between your physical body and this church. And this church. And, and, and you may have processed this before, but in the church, like the local church, there will be people that bother you. There will be. Within our campuses, with all the Parkview, within the local church, there will be people that bother you. But guess what? You still need them. You still need them to be a part of this place. And here's why. Check this out. It's because the church is not just a building you visit. The church is a body that you belong to. The church that got launched by Jesus isn't just a place. It's not just a building. It's a people. It's a group. It's a body that you belong to. And when Jesus in that very first century was walking on this earth and was talking about the church, it was always about 
a body of people, not just a building, a group of people, not just a place. And for us today, really, several thousand years later, honestly, for you and for me, it's very, very easy to just think about, you know, the church as a place, as a building. And we come together on Sunday to the building, right? And we know we need each other today, especially to do the things here. I mean, we need people to sing, right? These people who are up here on stage singing and leading worship, we need them to do that because not everybody here should be up here singing. Somebody say amen. I mean, we should not, believe me, right? We should not all be up here. We need people on all of our campuses, and they do a wonderful job leading worship for us because not all of us should be up there. So we need them, right? Not all of us want to work with kids, so we know we need people working with kids and that sort of thing. Not all of us can do lights and tech and sound and that sort of thing. If some of us were in charge of all the tech around our campuses, it would be a disaster, right? Not all of us are going to preach or want to preach or called to preach, And so we need people to preach and to study and to do that. We know, listen, listen, we know we need each other today on Sunday. But I would also suggest, and I want to stretch us today to also realize that we need each other on Monday just as much. And on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, all during the week, when Jesus was launching the local church, believe me, believe me, believe me, he wasn't just thinking about a building. He was thinking about a body, a group of people who all have a part to play. And that's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to study today. If you have a Bible with you or a smartphone or a tablet or something like that, if you have a way that you like to write down notes or things from the Bible and Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You might want to look that up. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a place in the Bible where Paul is talking about this whole idea of the body and who we are. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Take a look at this. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body... Or an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Many parts of us, but one body. Now, you may wish you were an eye and not a foot, or you may wish you were an ear, not a mouth, or you may wish you could sing, you know, and not work, you know, with the kids, or or whatever the case. But I want you to know, every single person around all of Chicagoland, Homer Glen, New Lenox, Orland Park, online, you you are all a part of the body. And you all have a part to play. I love the way in the Chosen series that they show Jesus' first followers. These are his disciples, a lot of times we call them. And they all play different roles and they all have all kinds of different gifts and things like that that they bring to the church, to the body. And the first person I want us to look at today is Matthew. 
And if you've seen any of this, Matthew, you know him. He's a tax collector guy. Maybe if you've read the Bible some. But what it's fun to realize, like in real life, the believable Matthew, he is very like curious. He, he is very um, unique. He, he's, he's a little strange. He is quirky for sure. And that's part of what he brings in his gifts to the body, the church. And take a look at this clip of Matthew. It would be highly unusual for Jewish men to betray one another. So says the Jew who collects taxes from them. Mine is a different circumstance. Spare I... Me. I admire it. Just, you know, try to, try to look natural. I am natural. I look exactly how I feel. Just try to act like a normal person under normal circumstances. I know you are ashamed of me, but your decision is irrational. Rome will continue to collect taxes no matter what. I'm skilled with numbers. Did you come here to justify yourself? No! no. I'm here about the man. What man? The man at the shore who made the fish appear. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes? Follow me. Twelve hours of light per day at this time of year. And he said that we would stay here for two days, which means over 24 hours, the number of men we need to reach per hour is 83.33333333. Yeah, what's point three three of a man? I think Solomon. His ministry deserves careful thought. No one's thinking about it more carefully than me. That is everyone's enemy. That doesn't shock you. I was something else once too. Once you've met the Messiah, M is all that matters. I hope they can find a way to work together. What do you mean? They can't seem to agree on a single thing lately. Myself included sometimes. Oh, I've noticed. In some ways, it's to be expected. But not desired, surely? No, no. But it's what's bound to happen when you start something that's open to all, truly. All people, zealots, even tax collectors. Let's get back to work. How many sections are we up to? 19. Here's a little incomplete, huh? There is something about 20 that is more symmetrical. We could always shorten it to 18. Brevity is usually preferred. It's, well, very striking. But if I do the math in terms of good news and bad, Seems like there's not a lot of goodness. Matthew is very precise, right? He's very analytical. He's, he's very intellectual, thinking through these things. And those are the gifts. That's how he's been wired. That's what he brings to the body, to the church, to the movement of Jesus. And I would say to you that every single one of us has these unique gifts that we have been given to be a part of this place, not just a building, but a body, a group of people all around this city. And the Bible makes it clear when you read through it that there's not like an A list of gifts and a B list of gifts. They're all important. Every one of us has a part to play. Now, one of the biggest things that the evil one, Satan, will do to keep us out of the body or on the bench, if you will, 
not serving and leading and giving ourselves to the local church is he'll try and convince us and get us thinking about, you know, things like I can't teach like Tim does or I can't sing or I can't play guitar or, or something like that. And we get focused a whole lot on the gifts that we don't have that we wish we had instead of the things that we do have. And we say things in our own minds like, you know what, I'll come on Sundays. I'll, I'll come to the building. I'm cool coming to the building, but I'm not really sure how I'm part of the body. I, I don't really get that completely. And what I just want to say again to you is that you, every single one of you, young and old, 7 years old, 17, 27, 47, 77, doesn't matter. Every single one of you is part of the body. You have different gifts and a unique part to contribute. Not only do we each have these gifts, but listen, we each have unique passions and personalities that we bring. All of us are just a little bit different in what fires us up and, and what our personality looks like. You, you know that uh, to be the case. I talk to people on a regular basis, you know, and I'll have people say to me, Todd, if, okay, here's the thing. If I really get involved if I really get involved in the church, okay, if I really get involved in the body, I'm probably going to have to tone it down a little bit, okay, because I'm kind of a really outgoing person, really extroverted. You know, I kind of like to raise the roof a little bit. I like to get a little bit rowdy. I'm kind of the life of the party. I actually had a person say to me back several months ago, look, Todd, I'd love to be involved in the church, but here's the thing. You just need to know, if I get involved in the church, I guarantee you, God is going to need to throttle me back. I'm going to need to take it down a notch, if I'm really going to be a part of this whole church thing, because I can be pretty, you know, lit up, pretty passionate about things. Conversely, I know people who say, you know what, Todd, I would love to do that. I would love to do kind of, you know, really be a part of the body, dive in, contribute. Uh, but the fear is if I really do that, I'm really more introverted. I, I like being behind the scenes, I'm perfectly okay being quiet and behind the scenes, but if I get involved in a church thing like this, I'm probably going to get pushed into the spotlight. God is going to have me up in front saying things or talking to people, and I don't really, I don't, I don't like people, really, so I don't, why should I do this? And here's what I want to say, on either side of that that you're on, or somewhere in the middle, when you become part of the body, when you become part of uh, the, the, the church and the activity of it, it, it's not like God up in heaven says, aha, <laughs> gotcha. Now I'm going to do something. I'm going to give you a complete personality makeover. You're not even going to know you. Your personality is going to be completely different by the time I'm done. That is not what happens. That is not what happens. When you decide to become part of the local church, the body of Christ, God might reposition your purpose, but your personality will stay the same. He might reposition or re-aim. You may have a different aim for some of your purpose and some of your passion in life, but your personality is going to stay just pretty much the same. I love in the series, The Chosen, how they talk about Simon Peter. And uh, he is so stinking passionate. Uh, he, he is impulsive. He is volatile. He likes to fight. 
And, and, and listen, he's, he's, he's kind of just that way. And here's what I want you to realize. Even before he ever meets Jesus, he gets amped up. He's passionate. He's volatile. But then after Simon Peter meets Jesus, he is volatile. He is passionate. He wants to fight. Before and after, he's the same person. He just kind of has a new purpose to go along with who he is and his personality. Uh, take a look at this clip of Simon Peter. Stay down, Simon. What was it you were saying? Something about your sister. You think if you keep hitting me hard enough, I won't be married to her anymore? I will stop fighting you. You will? But my brother won't. Your brother? Simon. Don't you hello love me? I don't understand what's happening. Nothing is happening. You don't to market. Your hours are upside down. And your face is frozen in worry. Don't tell me nothing is happening. I worked for hours last night, and I couldn't even catch one fish the entire night. And this morning, we finally gave up, and we went to shore, but there was this teacher on shore. And then so many fish showed up. They were pouring into the boat. So many kept coming that, that Zebedee ended up filling both of our boats, enough to pay off the whole debt. And then, and then he called me to follow him and to go where he goes and, and to learn from him. And he said that I wouldn't be a fisherman anymore, but that I would catch people instead. I don't even know what that means, but I'm sure what I saw. He's the one we've been waiting for all our lives, and I want to quit fishing and leave the sea behind to go. I can protect the others. In time, you win. The others don't have families. You do. <laughs> can you believe this? There's a crowd going out there, and we need to decide what to do. Thank hey, you. you take it to him. Make nice. Who's that company? I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them. Don't have to be his bodyguard. I think he can handle anything. Yeah, well, he called me. And if we're not fighting the Romans yet, I want to do something until that time comes. I want you to catch men. I don't know what that means. Exactly. And if he needed you to know what that meant, he would have told you. So just... Just be you. Okay? So good, right? Just be you. Okay, just bring who you are to the body, okay? You don't have to be Pastor Tim. We don't need, we don't need more Pastor Tim, okay? I mean, I, I, love, okay, I love him, I love, I love him, I love him. We, you, don't, we don't, you don't need to be Pastor Tim, you just, you just be you. you. You don't need to be Chad around here, campus pastor around here at Orland. You, you don't need to be Jason out at Homer Glen. You don't need to be Jason. You don't, we don't need to be Richie. Out of New Links, I mean, I guess we've all probably thought about being Richie. We all want to be, especially his hair. We all kind of want to be Richie a little bit. But, you, right? You know what I'm saying. We, you don't have to be Richie. You don't have to. Just anybody else. Just, just be you. Just be you. Before I came to know Jesus, I was, God made me just really passionate and kind of outgoing. And then after I met Jesus, I was still very passionate and and outgoing. 
I just had a new purpose to go alongside my personality. And and that's what God wants to do with you in the body as you find your place and begin to live that out. And maybe right now you're thinking, well, Todd, I, I, I don't even know exactly like what I'm passionate about. I, I don't know what I would add, what I get fueled by, what really amps me up that I could even contribute to the body. I, I don't know what I'm not passionate about anything. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, every single one of you, you're passionate. You have certain things that really light you up. And in fact, if you want to know what those are, I'll give you just a couple of questions that will help you uh, determine that. Ask yourself, what makes you laugh? What, what do you laugh about? That, that could be one of the things that you're passionate about and pursuing. What makes you cry? When you see this one thing, this one instance, this one circumstance, it just tears you down and you just start to tear up and your eyes get wet and you say, that, that thing right there, that can't happen anymore. And maybe no one else even notices, but you do. What makes you cry? What keeps you up or wakes you up? What keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the morning? I can promise you that if you would just go this weekend or later this week and put these three questions into a little notebook, into a journal, and spend a little bit of time saying, what makes me laugh? What makes me cry? What wakes me up or what keeps me up? You will begin to realize what it is lights you up and and what you're passionate about, what your heart really beats for. And here's what I want you to know. We need all of that, all of your care, all of your concern as part of the body. God has given you that focus and that heartbeat on purpose. Your passion and your personality are a huge part of your place in this body. Not only do we each have these passions and personality, we each have unique abilities and experiences. Every single one of you has things that you do, uh, these abilities and things you have experienced in your life that you can bring to the body. Some of you are really into sales. You're really into business. And even when you were a little kid, you know, six, seven, eight years old, you were setting up a, you know, lemonade stand every weekend and selling lemonade to everybody in the neighborhood. You know, it was just like that. That's just what you do. Or you were selling, going door to door and selling cookies and thousands of dollars worth of cookies. You're, You're just kind of, your experience and your abilities, you can sell anything. And you love that business aspect. Some of you are super creative. You just are. People call you artsy, right? And, and you love drawing or, or writing. You love painting or you love photography or something like that. You look at the same thing that everyone else does, but you see something completely different. You're creative to your very core. And I would say to you, we need that. The church, not the building, but the body We need your creativity around here so that we can be all that we can and all that God wants us to be. Some of you are great at organizing different things. Sometimes people would call you like a neat freak, right? If we went to your house, if we took a road trip later on today and went to your house, it would be like it's perfectly neat, you know, even on a Sunday morning. If we went in your closet, all of your clothes are color-coordinated, you know, you got the blues and you got the greens and you got the yellows, they're all color-coordinated, it's kind of freaky. And, and, and your shoes, you know, I wore these on Saturday, I wore these on Sunday, I'll wear these on Monday. You have, you know, chronologically ordered your shoes. That's just who you are. You love to be precise, and count and measure and, and organize things. I love in The Chosen uh, the way they depict Thomas. 
because he has these abilities and these experiences from his life before he ever met Jesus that are very particular and counting, measuring, organizing. There's even one place in this clip where, he, where he, it, it, kind of a light bulb comes in on his head. Uh, not on his head, but in his, around his head. I don't know. It's a light bulb. Um, and he, he thinks, hey, I could organize things. That's what I could do here. I can't be like all those other folks, but I, I'm, I'm a good organizer. Maybe I could do that. That's what I could bring. Uh, take a look at this clip of Thomas. It's awesome. From the directions you have provided, I see no logical solution to the problem. It's going to be like that sometimes, Thomas. What did you say? I do not rebuke you. It is good to ask questions, to seek understanding. There's no time for this. I know of a man like you in Capernaum, always counting, always measuring. That's my job. And the people will think I have not done well tonight. Join me. And I will show you a new way to count and measure. A different way of seeing time. Go with you where? I, I don't understand. Keep watching. He invited me to join him. He wants us to meet him in Samaria in 12 days. I don't know what you think. Maybe for once in your life, don't think. Isn't it most likely that he's gone on to his next appointment? He does not keep a schedule. No. Perhaps I can be useful as an organizer then. I'm good with figures, times. He can make people walk. He can heal lepers. Why can't they make food appear out of thin air? We only have lentils left to eat for tonight's Shabbat dinner, and after that, we are completely out of food. Nothing left? Seems like something we should seek my father about. Pray? Well, it is almost Shabbat after all. I know of a synagogue nearby. The nearest settlement is Wadi Kelt, and I don't think they give out free meals. Tell everyone we head out in the morning. In the most generous explanation, I'd call that love. <laughs> that does not look like love to me. <laughs> no, they all love our rabbi and want to follow him the right way. They just can't agree on what that right way is. I just want to make sure I've done everything I can for him. You always So as you see the life of Thomas, you begin to realize that in his business life, in his work before meeting Jesus, he was probably counting things and organizing things all the time. That's what he was called on to do. And then what he did is he began to take what he had done in his business life and work, and he began to use that in the body, those, those very same experiences and those very same abilities, he began to put those to work. And, and here's what I know to be true. There are many, many of you all around our campuses, all over Chicagoland today, here at Orland, Homer Glen, New Lenox, online, 
And God has given you tremendous gifts and God has given you tremendous experiences in your life. And for most of you, you're using those to make a living, which is great. You should. You're using your gifts and your abilities, your experiences to make a living for yourself, for your family, for your kids, to be generous. And you absolutely should be doing that. But I would also say to you, just on behalf of the body, on behalf of the body, the local church, we need you. We need your creative abilities. We need your organizational abilities. We need your analytical abilities. We need your financial abilities. Some of you are so great with finances and business. We need your educational experiences that you've had and the studies that you've had. We need your relational experiences that you can just relate and you can talk to anyone. You don't know a stranger. We need your work experiences. We need all of us. And to come together and bring what we have to be part of the body. And I know that right now some of you are uh, probably saying, okay, Todd, I, I get this. And, you know, it's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, kind of the difference between the building and, and the body and, and how we're all kind of part of that. And I, I, I'm seeing that pretty clearly through the clips and through the, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 and all that. But here's, here's what happens. And I just know this in your head and in mine. We're thinking, Todd, do I, do I really have to do this? Do I have to be an interdependent part of a body with everyone else? Because I kind of like my own independence, frankly. Todd, I, I kind of like just, I, I, okay, okay, okay. You wouldn't say this out loud, but it's kinda, I kind of like the church just being the building. I come at 8.30 or 10 or 11.30 and I'm, I'm, I'm out. Kind of check it off. I, I kind of like that. And I'm with you. Listen, I can be the same way. I like the church being a building. And that's cool that we come together in a building. But it's not the full picture of what Jesus came to launch and to start. It's not just about a building. It's about a body, a group of people that all come together. Each of us playing our part. And it's so important for us to internalize and believe that's what Jesus was starting. Let me try and illustrate this for you just as clearly as I can as we bring this all together today. Very practical. I could illustrate this with really pretty much any relationship, with a friend, with you and one of your neighbors, with a coworker, a boss, whatever. I'm going to illustrate it today with like a husband and wife, with a spouse. But you could illustrate this however you wanted to. And that is this, that if this weekend is anything like last weekend. If today, if this Sunday morning is anything like last Sunday morning around here, which it is, here's what's going on behind the scenes somewhere. Homer Glen, New Lenox, Orland. There's a mom. There's a wife. Who's come to Parkview and really enjoys it. has been talking to her fiancé or husband or for quite a while, maybe many weeks or months, trying to, you know, I mean, I just really think if he'd come, it's kind of really different, and he'd probably really like it, and, and so she just keeps asking and asking, and then finally, like on a Saturday, like last night, the husband says, the guy says, okay, 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 I'll come. One time. One time. That's what you get, babe. One time. 
And so, of course, like she's all excited. And last night, you know, she gets everything, you know, goes to bed but doesn't sleep and gets up early even with, you know, daylight savings coming, gets up early, gets breakfast, gets their daughter all dressed up and and ready to go. The husband doesn't necessarily get out of bed because he doesn't really want to go. But finally he gets up and out and they get in the car and they're heading to one of our campuses now. They're heading to one of our campuses this morning. And as they head to one of the Parkview campuses, do you know what she's praying? Do you know what she is praying? She's praying, oh God, please, please, please let this be a great experience. God, please let there be people at the door who greet us and smile at us and welcome us in. Not people who are looking judgmentally at us or anything like that, but just people who are really welcoming. And God, as we go check our daughter in at her kids' class, God, I pray that there is people working in those classes so they can keep them open. I pray that they don't have to shut down some of the classes because if they have to shut down some of the classes, my husband is just going to keep our daughter and he's going to stay out in the lobby the whole time or they're going to go sit in the car and he's never going to make it into the message. So God, please let there be people in there keeping those classes open. And God, God, please, please, can the worship please, please, please be amazing like it was last weekend? And oh my goodness, look, oh, Todd is preaching. Oh God, please do not let Todd's message suck. Please, 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 right, 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 right. And you know what she's praying? She's praying that all of us would partner together with her to do something that she cannot do on her own. She's praying that all of us would be part of the body so that her husband, her fiancé, could experience what he should. Now imagine for just a moment that that's you this weekend bringing your neighbor who you've been telling about church or bringing one of your friends from school bringing your fiance or maybe it's one of your young adult kids who quit going to church like six or eight years ago and they said okay I'll come one time what would you want them to experience what would you be praying for I would say we would all be praying that they wouldn't just experience a building like this, but they would experience this alive, interactive body that is just fantastic. It's all of us playing our part in the body of Christ. Amen? This last clip I want us to see from The Chosen today is one that really is been so moving to me. It has to do with the Beatitudes. If you know some of the Sermon on the Mount of Jesus where he said, blessed are the peacemakers and blessed are those who are poor in spirit, you know, and blessed, blessed, blessed. He goes through all these different blessed things in the Beatitudes, right? The way they picture this in The Chosen is so cool because for every single one of these Beatitudes, every single one of these different blessings, Jesus has in mind a person. There's a different person in the body like you and me that fit each and every one of these moments and teachings from Jesus. And it's just so beautiful and amazing how it all comes together 
as a body. Let's take a moment and watch this last clip. Ready? Have I? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Yes, but how is it the map? If someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. And then? You are the salt of the earth. <laughs> <laughs>